<laughs> on this week's episode of the Hoop Plug, we got some fresh NBA hot takes. If Michael Jordan played now, is he DeMar DeRozan with anger issues? <laughs> and a special guest, Jordan Chrysostom, five-star athlete, joining the podcast. So keep it locked. It's the plug. Plug. I got what you want. I know what you want. I got what you need. I know what you need. I got what you like. I know what you like. I got what you love. I am your plug. And we are back. Back again. It's another episode of the Hoop Plug. Yes, sir. And as always, rocking with you. It's your main man for us in the building. And I got with me, as always, my brother, Stir Fry Ty in the building. Yes, sir. Good to be back. Another episode. We're so close. Nine, ten games till playoff time. Man, I can smell it. March Madness putting us in the mood. You know what I'm saying? We're ready. We're primed. Can't wait to see these playoffs. Ross, how you feeling? Yeah, man. I'm feeling good, my brother. Thank you for asking, man. You already know. You said it best. You know what I mean? This is basketball season right now, right here. March, April. You know what I'm saying? We're on the back end of the NBA season. March Madness is right in its final four stages. You know what I'm saying? We got some exciting matches coming up. And yeah, man, I'm just excited for all the hoops we get to watch, man. Go. Basketball is back, baby. Right. And it's got us feeling spicy. So why not start off the podcast with some NBA hot takes? So I'm going to give you the take. You let me know if you're buying or selling. First one up. Post play isn't dead. Nah. Post play. We know the post players of old. Tim Duncan's of the world. But we don't really see him coming out too much these days. Do you think post play is dead? Well, first off, man, I'm selling. Because let's be real. If we wanted to just prove that wrong right away, we just got to say one player and one player only. And that's Nikola Jokic. You know what I'm saying? He's a post player if I've ever seen one. Sure, he's definitely fit for this day and age. He can shoot the three. He can play make. But at the end of the day, this man is a seven-footer who gets his buckets the old-fashioned way. Back to the basket, posting up, eating, mm-mm, lunchtime. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't have to be a post-up every time, right? He's got the fadeaway mid-range in his game. He's got the three-pointer in his game. So he does a lot. But at the same time... The post play is in essence there. It may not be right underneath the basket every time, but it's there. So I'm selling this topic, you know and I mean, post play is not dead, and we're still gonna see it in the league for a long time. One more thing too, Joel Embiid. Come on, I'm disrespecting man. Absolutely, yeah, I'm man. I was gonna mention him if you failed to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm selling right there with you, because post play isn't dead. They just don't let the players that suck at it do it anymore. It's not as big a part of the game as it was back in the day, right? You don't see your guards, your 6'5 guards. Mark Jackson was like 6'1 in the league posting up. Yeah, That's not happening anymore. <laughs> yep, yep. But like you said, we still got some great bigs, some great forwards. LeBron as well be getting into his post-bag Duffy sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's not that. And it's a heavy Duffy, might I add. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you right there. All right, second hot take. The Lakers should have stuck with the young core of Lonzo, Ingram, Josh Hart, Nance, Kuzma, you know the crew, and LeBron, instead of going all in and getting Anthony Davis. All I can say is, woo, that's a hot take. Extra spicy, spicy, man. And I got to take a second to think before I I just say 
my point of view whether I'm I'm for sure buying or selling, right? Because Lonzo and Ingram with LeBron, the way that they play in this day and age, is a championship contender team. And you got Kuz, man. Like, it's really hard to say, right? I think that if they didn't do the trade, they wouldn't have won a championship. But they Definitely. would not be in such a bad position or as bad of a position as they are now. Because Anthony Davis is a softer Charmin. Let's be real. I don't know what it is about these championship-winning Lakers big men. Pau Gasol comes to mind. Andrew Bynum, you know what I'm saying? They win a ring and they get soft. You oh. know what I mean? So, I mean, Pau Gasol was tough, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say, man. Yeah, he was eating shit from Kobe for years. <laughs> for Listen, after those two rings, Pau had... He was not looking at like his former self, needless to say. But uh, I'm selling this one, man. I think that although they would have been better off in the long run, the Lakers' legacy, LeBron's legacy, would not be as nice without that bubble ring. I'm right there with you, man. It's a fire sale because I'm selling two, okay? <laughs> they would have been, if they kept the kids, best case scenario, just contenders. Repeat contenders, right? Maybe they could bubble up, have a season similar to the Grizzlies having right now. But that's also banking on all these guys, Kuzma, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, becoming what they are now in L.A. while they're losing. You know how frustrated LeBron would have been losing with them kids for another two years? My gosh. He might have retired. (laughs) Him and Maverick Carter would be lighting fires in Rob Palenka's office. No, seriously, seriously. No, so... You, you, you hit it on the head, man. And at the end of the day, we can't forget, right, that it wasn't just AD that they got for all of these guys. It was a bunch of different pieces that were able to help them accelerate or excel to the next level, you know what I mean, and win that ring. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, this one, you called the last one spicy, then you're going to have to put your seatbelt on for this, okay? If Michael Jordan played in today's NBA, he'd be DeMar DeRozan with anger issues. <laughs> your thoughts (laughs) man as much as the similarities are there DeMar DeRozan is practically a copy of what Michael Jordan was just less of a killer and less dominant you know what I mean and for definitely let me let me take that back this season DeMar DeRozan and as much as I love him in the Bulls he's not going to be MVP this season you know, just because of everything that went down with the record and the injuries and everything like that. In the second half, he's dropped off. Yeah, on top of that, he went from averaging 34 in February to averaging 24 in, you know, uh, March, which, again, isn't bad. But you guys know at the level that he was. I think he had, what, five or six straight 35-point games. So, um, as as funny as this is, can't disrespect the GOAT like that, man. I'm selling. You mentioned it's a fire sale for me. Although I see the similarities, nah, man, Jordan is goaded for a reason. He was an absolute killer all day, every day, no matter the weather. <laughs> okay, now I got to tell you this. I don't know if you saw this. Jason Williams, White Chocolate, you know, you're know, familiar with the guy, right? Of course, of course. 90s legend, Sacramento Kings, rapping. He came out and said, unprompted, on Michael Jordan, he said this. He'd be great in today's NBA. An all-star for sure but not the Michael Jordan he was back then. Whew. And I'm not going to lie, bro. I think he's right. He is like first half DeMar DeRozan. I think, okay, let's say we know what Mike was as a scorer. He's going to score. Is he going to score more than like 
19 James Harden in, in, in Houston? Like, is he going to average 36? Maybe. I'm not even going to rule that out because he can get to the foul line and shoot 15 a game. Is he going to shoot from three? Let's say, all right, you drop him in today's NBA. I can see your face. Let me just finish this thought. You drop him <laughs> no, in today's I, NBA and he develops off. a three-point jumper. He's not DeMar DeRozan. Oh, he's Zach Levine. I don't know, bro. He's going to be great. He'll definitely win some championships. But with all the player movement that happens these days, I cannot see him running off two three-peats. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you finish, my boy. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm with you. Jason Williams is right. He oh. wouldn't be the Michael Jordan he was back then. He'd be 10 <laughs> times greater. You know what I'm saying? Because of all this damn recency bias, he would have been playing up against LeBron. He would have showed everybody who the real king is, and we would have all been witnesses. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, with that being said, I know y'all remember the 88-89 season. My boy MJ was getting beat up by the Pistons, roughed up. You know what he had to go and do? He had to go and hit the gym. He's arguably the strongest player in the history of the league at 6'6". And you know why he did that? Because he was trying to prove a point. The only deficiency in his game at that point in time was his strength. Now you're telling me Jordan, in today's day and age, who scored 35 points per game in multiple seasons. Let me not gasp, but around that, right? 30 for his entire career, while teams yeah. were averaging between 80 and 90 points. In an era where teams are now averaging 110, 120 points, I think Jordan would average 40, damn it. You know what I'm saying? Because he would go back and instead, because he could shoot the three. We know he could shoot the three. He still holds, if I'm not mistaken, he still holds the records, right, for most threes made in a half in the NBA Finals. Six threes. My point to say all that is to say this. MJ, what separated him wasn't just the elite jumping ability. It wasn't just the killer work ethic, right? He just had to be better than everybody, and he was going to find a way. And I think he could get to that point. I think he would get to that point. He'd score 38 points per game. But the reason Jordan is Jordan is because the 6-0 and in the finals. And I don't think that's happening in today's league. Well, this is what I'll say. If it was a different storybook, right, a different history book, I think LeBron went to the finals 11, like 12, eight. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18, right? He went eight times in a row and won three. You know what I'm saying? He could have very much won eight, and we'd be, we wouldn't even know who Michael Jordan would be. So although I'm with you that LeBron got there, I think Jordan could get there that many times in this day and age. And you guys got to gotta remember, right? The three became so prominent probably 2015 to now, right? But those those beginning years, like still from like up until 2014, 2013, like the three was a big part of the game, but not like it is today. You know what I mean? Hey, hey, no one mentioned Bron but you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to have this back, all right? <laughs> no one mentioned Bron. You're um, right. I'm comparing him to Bron. <laughs> it's always about the GOAT convo. <laughs> but look, man, we're going to have to pay-per-view for us to have that GOAT conversation debate one day. Uh, but not today. All right. Seriously. Yeah. So but Jason time, Williams man. wasn't wrong, though. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't wrong for different reasons, we believe. But, <laughs> you know? All right. So this wasn't in our hot takes, but damn, it might as well be because I got I got to tell you for us. <clears throat> I watched that Miami Heat bunch play. Lost to a shorthanded Warriors team. No Clay, Steph, or Draymond. They lose to my New York Knicks. And they follow that up by getting beat down 
demolished. I think probably, if not their worst, their second worst loss this season to the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you, Faraz, that the Heat will never win a championship with Jimmy Butler as their best player. I'm buying. I'm mm. buying. The thing is, right, the, the eye test, Jimmy Butler does not pass the superstar eye test, right? You watch him throughout the regular season. Jimmy Butler is good. He showed us what he can do in the finals, matched up against LeBron with a bunch of guys who, this is two years ago, right? They were puppies. You know what I'm saying? So that shows the caliber of player that Jimmy Butler is, but I don't know if he's a superstar. You know what I mean? He can be in those big moments, but he doesn't carry it out throughout the entire season. The man's shooting 20% from three. All right. I'm, I'm right there with what you were saying. They also have a lot of guys with repetitive skill sets. And I don't think it's the issue. They're obviously deep. They're obviously talented. Uh, Kyle Lowry is overpaid, though. Duncan Robinson's overpaid. Um, Tyler Hero should probably be starting, if we're being honest. They need mm-hmm. the shooting. And they have no, like, true bigs. Bam Adebayo's very good. But he's a power forward in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. They're going out there small Like, they're getting killed time. on the boards. Andre Drummond's eating. Mitchell Robinson eating. Any team with the center is going to kill them on the boards. And the East is built with them. Yeah. And their second guy, if, if I'm not mistaken, if he didn't get traded, is Kelly Olenek, right? So... Is he still on the squad? I don't think he's on the squad anymore, no. Yeah, but that's my point to say. They, you mentioned it. They have a lot of guys that are repetitive, similar s- skill set, right? Not a lot of rebounding, a lot of shooting, but this team is just missing something, man. They are very well coached, but we did see a little bit of a breakdown in that in that mm. thought process. At least, you know what I mean? That's what we thought, right? Super well coached, no beef, buddy-buddy. And, you know, you mentioned the scuffle in Golden State. You want to talk about that a little more? Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, though, this team was humming. First seed for a long time in this deep, deep Eastern Conference. And now they've lost four straight. Questionable, unrecognizable team based on what you saw throughout that first half. And it boiled over, right? When you start losing tempers flare. I mean, look at the Knicks. Look at any other losing team that gives a shit. Um, And that's what you saw with the Miami Heat. Spolstra and Jimmy Butler getting after it. Udonis Haslam playing bodyguard for Spo. Uh, It was very interesting. Very interesting. There were so many angles of it. Um, Like, obviously these things, like we saw it kind of with Draymond and KD, that was a situation where they had an on-court meltdown and it led led to them splitting apart. But sometimes I think these things can unify a team. Now, it's it's too early to tell how the Miami Heat will will react and um, respond to this, but... Very interested to see how it goes. Yeah, man, I'm with you. And I don't know uh, <clears throat> if you heard what was actually said between Udonis Haslam, Jimmy Butler, and Eric Spolstra. So what really, <clears throat> excuse me, what really started everything was, I believe Udonis Haslam told Jimmy Butler, you wouldn't survive, you wouldn't be anything in our era, in my era, the way that you were playing. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, and Jimmy Butler straight up told him, he's like, man, you and Spolstra without D-Wade is nothing. So that's really what sparked it off, which, I mean, that's some spicy words. You know what I mean? And uh, (laughs) then you see Eric Spolstra respond like, hey, man, you want to fight me? You know, made it into a whole thing. Udonis Haslam starts barking. Jimmy Butler starts barking, you know, separated them relatively quickly. But yeah, man, that's not something we expected to see. 
of a team like the Miami Heat, right? Because they very much define the word team. You know, besides Jimmy Butler, there's not any one guy who's great, you know, they, but as a team, they can be that, you know? So, yeah, man. Yeah, and it's, it's just kind of different to see that side of Spolstra. Like, he kind of, like you said, he kind of, Initi- he didn't initiate it all the way, but he he definitely matched it. He matched yeah. Jimmy's energy, you know <clears throat> no what I'm doubt. saying. And Spolstra is usually like that even, calm, cool, collected guy. He's in the game six of the finals when Ray Allen hits that shot. He doesn't even flinch. <laughs> He's like, "Yep, that's what you're supposed to do." But this this right here, Jimmy got him riled up. <laughs> yeah, no man. Spo is is typically the consummate professional, right? He's the ultimate professional. But like you mentioned, man, something I guess it had to have been that D Wade comment that really got under his skin, man, because he was spicy. The whole arena was spicy. Now I know why they call him the Heat. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, every every family has that one guy people like to brag about. You know, a guy that you know. Maybe he's an overachiever for some families. It might be a lawyer, might be a dentist, but for my family, it's me. I'm not dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. We got my cousin, you know, five-star high school recruit, D1 tennis superstar, Jordan Chrysostom on the podcast. What's up? What's up? What's up? How you feeling, cuz? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Like I said, uh, it's good to be here. You know. Good to, good to see you doing well and everything with your podcast. So, yeah, it's an honor. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. I just wanted to, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> chime in and just say, you know what I'm saying, thank you for pulling up, bro. We appreciate you on the pod, man. You already for know. Sure. For sure. Now, we all family here. Come on now. Come on. I just I was just about to say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was just about to say, bro, once you're a family of ties, man, you're a family of mine <laughs> exactly, and a podcast exactly. family, bro. Absolutely. You already know. And for those unfamiliar, let me just give you all some stats. All right, number nine ranked doubles team nationally. ACC men's tennis doubles team of the week. Two time. Two time. Okay, two time. Not just once. Two two time. <laughs> two time. You know what no, I'm, I'm sorry. No need to brag or anything. Two time. No need. No need. <laughs> we got my cut. So, so how's this season been, man? Man, let me tell you, bro. It's been it's been good. Um. There's been a lot of ups and downs, though, you know, and, you know, nothing ever goes smooth. But, you know, just trying to make the most of, like, what we have here and, you know, the culture and everything, as many people may probably not know. Um, I had wrist surgery in the in the fall, so I was out the entire fall and winter. So we we started our spring season about early January. And for me, that was, like, the toughest part of the season because, like, you know, getting back in a thing, like the swing of things. But, yeah, I mean, we started off pretty strong in the season. That's kind of how we got to where we are now, you know, ranked nationally and everything. But it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot on the mind. But, you know, if you're if you're strong enough, you, you can push through anything. So it's going well. Going nice. Well. That's facts. And you guys have played some pretty big schools. Yeah, so man. y'all are four and one, I think, in the top or what is it called? Ranks. Yeah. In ranked in ranked matches. Yeah, that was about. Let's see, that was a few weeks ago. We did lose one to a ranked team not too long ago, but then kind of ramped it back up. So, I mean, everyone's good this year. You know, there's there's no team that isn't good, you know, ranked or not. You know, it's always competitive when it comes to tennis. So, I mean, we played schools like Michigan, VCU, USF, 
and now we're in ACC play. So, you know, Duke, UNC, Louisville, Notre Dame. So, I mean, it's just been an all around tough season, you know, back to back, a lot of traveling every single weekend. We've had about, we had, let's see now, six or eight home games. And then we've traveled like the rest, like 10 or 11. So it's been, you know, a constant grind, you know, leave Thursday, play Friday, travel Saturday, play Sunday. So it's just, it's over and over, you know, constant. Yeah, man. And I don't know if Ty mentioned, but I'm sure we got to mention it, right? So you play for Virginia Tech, right? Yeah, uh, yes, sir. Number nine overall, man. That's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. So my sophomore year, I actually had a roommate who played for Riders Division One team. So I know how that schedule can be, man. It's like waking up Friday at like five, six in the morning. Yeah. Who knows how long the bus rides are? You know exactly. what I mean? Then to play like four or five matches in a day. And like you mentioned, no sleep play another match, travel. And again, that's that's a rider's level. I could only imagine, you know, the ACC and that mm-hmm. level of competition, man. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's real cool stuff, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's tough, but, I mean, it's what we signed up for. So, you know, you got, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, man. You know the crazy – one crazy thing, at least at Ryder, I, I wouldn't imagine it's like this at VT, but some of their matches um, – well, this was mainly for the girls' team, which – unfortunately you know might have had some lower attention but they would sometimes have to call their own outs like there would not be a referee there or a line judge Mm -hmm. so some schools that i mean aren't i would say like as high a level as others you know they don't they can't like get the refs there or yeah i mean just for whatever circumstance they can't get the refs there so yeah they make their own calls and a lot of problems can happen like between those schools because I mean there's a lot of hooking involved and I don't I don't know if everyone knows what hooking is but it's like like Tyler said if you make your own calls you can easily call a ball out that's in so when you get to like our level um, there's refs on every single court so we have six courts there's refs on every court but you still have to make your own calls but then the ref can overrule that call if he sees something that's in or out he, he can say something so. Yeah, it's not as bad, but there's still a lot that goes on with uh, college tennis and hooking and stuff like that. Yeah, and that, that's one of the interesting things that I thought, you know what I'm saying? Because, again, like I mentioned, like my roommate had played for our school's team, and I'm, like, hearing this, and he's telling me how there's, like, a courtesy where, like, you know, yeah, this one kid was an asshole. He called this ball out that was definitely yeah. in and all this stuff. And I'm like, bro, like, how does this not cause big fights on the court? You know oh, what I mean? Oh, man, there, there's some there's... – there's been close some stories, very close in, uh, instances. This this semester, one of our guys is very close to you know getting in a getting in a fight, but you know you can't do that in college centers. So unfortunately, like hockey, yeah, you can't just drop the gloves and just you know throw <laughs> <laughs> just throw a couple. But nah, I mean you got to be like super professional no matter what. I mean it happens on both sides. It's inevitable. Like you can't do anything about it. You just gotta you know get your mind back in the right place and then keep going with word well this is a basketball program you know so i gotta get the comparison you, mm-hmm. i see the instagrams i know you get a little fire <laughs> on the court so uh if you had to compare yourself to an nba athlete right play style persona energy when you're out there competing who do you think is your comparison i mean i I can't say this because it sounds like pretty bad, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to say the Greek freak. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Bro, it's funny. As you said that, I could, I could kind of see it. You know what I'm saying? I could kind of see it. Hey, man, we've had this discussion at many barbecues. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. He is the long lost Anonetic Kumpo brother. <laughs> nah, but yeah. if you compare like me to other tennis players, like body type, I mean, I'm not like the biggest guy or whatever, but lengthy and my game style is very aggressive. You know, I want to be all over the net. I want to take things early. You know, I want to finish the point. And like with Giannis, I mean, he's aggressive, like he's a big guy, big wingspan, you know, it's kind of versatile in many ways, actually. Um, oh, definitely. But um, yeah, I mean, if I had to compare myself to someone, it'd probably be Giannis. And he's a very likable like person off the court as well. He's fun, you know, he, he's just a good guy to be around. So I would say that with me, I'm a pretty personable person. So, I mean, I think people can come up to me and have a conversation as well, so. Yeah, that would be the person that I relate to most. Word, man, I that's like dope. I definitely see it. Yeah. Yeah, man. The, the the family's got Teamer. They got the Greek freak. Like, man, this this <laughs> y'all all over the place, man. Y'all superstars. <laughs> yeah, we got DJ Khaled over here. Ah, no, Come let me stop. On. No, 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 no. That's funny that you said that, bro, because that's what everybody used to tell me, man. Especially that 15, 16 era when we the best. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He was best. taking over. Man. You don't know how many times I said another one, bro. Like, so many times, bro. You paparazzi, know I mean? paparazzi, chill. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, man. So, so let me ask you, right? So, that's who you compare yourself, right? Just an athlete, as a person, right? Who would you say has been your inspiration in tennis or someone that you've, like, molded your game after or tried to in that regard? Absolutely. Um, Gail Monfi. Uh, he's a French player. I've kind of looked up to him, like, my entire life, you know? He's a little flashy, you know, he just has fun on court. And I, I would say, like, I've strayed away from the fun a little bit because it feels like a job sometimes. But um, I would I would definitely say Gail Monfi, you know, he's like, again, flashy, one of a kind, you know, he has a lot of talent on the court. And he, I mean, he's just, again, he's a likable person. So I would, I would definitely say. Is he old now? Yeah, he's like older. I mean, he's still playing like he's still on tour and stuff, but he's like, he's, okay. like, he's just like flashy, like it's crazy on court you know like unnecessarily hitting the ball between his legs yeah, yeah. it's like him and nick Kyrgios both like the flashiest players on tour one's from australia one's from france so yeah definitely get my feet for sure okay okay so you said you're personable you know i gotta agree you know what i'm saying always oh, have I, pre- a good I appreciate time when that the cousins get together yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i gotta ask you i i done saw the stoolies in the bio on instagram so so what's good with this barstool athlete is barstool. that you cuz yeah i mean that's that's a lot of people though like it's me <laughs> but that they just started like you know throwing everyone out there you know at, as soon at first, as that rule changed it's not it's the same like nil and everything with that like name it image likeness um you know people can get sponsored by whatever company it doesn't matter who it is yeah we've seen from. Paige bukers get the bag yeah a lot of you know, if, if you're good if you're doing stuff and like making your, a name for yourself like in ncaa's and you know accs like you can definitely make a, a lot but right now there's still uh for me it's barstool and liquid iv I'm not making like crazy bank. Number one, I play tennis, so it's not like the the most popular sport out there. And like number two, I would definitely have to do something like out of this world to like be like that page at UConn to like make a whole bunch of money. But no, it's just good that players can now, you know, make money without having to worry about, you know, their college like career, like getting cut because they made too much money or they have to go professional because they made too much money. I think 
um, in the past couple of years before this NIL deal came out, you can only make a cap uh, for, for tennis. You can make a cap amount of money, but then after you reach that cap, you have to decide if you would drop all that money and stay in college or take that money and run with it and go perf- like and go play for the pros. So for now, it, it's just a relief for everyone, like not having to worry about it. And, you know, it, you can do some really creative stuff with it as well, like make T-shirts for yourself, you know, put something on the back, like make hats or anything. But, you know, I, I don't have time for that right now. So I'm just trying to worry about, you know, figuring out my stuff and what I need to do. And then the sponsors will come after. Definitely, bro. Definitely, bro. Wisely said, man. And it's crazy how just two years ago, maybe not even that long because of COVID and everything like that, Mm -hmm. the the serious contrast we have today. Like, I know a lot of guys, like, barely had enough money to eat, bro. You know what I'm saying? And they're out here making millions of dollars for their schools, man. So that rule is super dope, man. It's good to see guys, man. First off, congrats on the barstool stuff, man. That's dope. (laughs) I appreciate it, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But with all that being said, though, now, nah, man, it's dope that people can finally eat off their craft, man. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said before, like we couldn't do that too much. Like we can only do that to a certain extent. But now, like we just don't have to worry. And now we get kind of have that like freedom to, you know, be our creative selves and like, you know, be outside of the box. Like th- the people who get noticed most are people who are doing stuff different than what it has been in the past 20, 30, 40 years of college whatever sport you're playing and it's just cool to see like everyone's personality starting to come out now and make it seem like it's not a job anymore but seem like it's something that we want to do and it's fun for everyone so yeah for sure well said well said for sure for sure all right well while we we got you on the program we got to talk about the biggest story of the week of the month might end up as the biggest story of the year. The slap heard around the world, okay? Yeah. Will Smith putting a pause on Chris Rock at the Oscars. For us. Did you, did you watch this live? Was anyone watching this live? I no. was not watching that live. No, we're too young to watch the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely man. saw it on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, man. I didn't see it live, but, you know, I woke up early. Notifications from Twitter. CNN had a notification about it. My boy... Will Smith, you know what I'm saying, really showed us why everybody hates Chris by slapping the <laughs> out of Will, bro. Will Smith slapped the fuck out of Chris Rock, man. You know what I'm saying? And like honestly, I was telling Ty a little bit earlier before you got on, if his hand wasn't open, he punched him in the face. Yeah. Like that is how hard he hit him, right? And man, there's so so many reactions and emotions that I feel about the different stages of the night. Chris Rock, right? Seemingly like, you know, harmless joke. Will Smith is dying of laughter. Like, you know what I mean? We all been there. <laughs> Someone busts a joke on your girl. You laugh and she looks at you and you're like, oh, uh, that ain't funny. You know what and I'm saying? And then his face went from <laughs> here to real quick. He's, like, You know what I'm right. saying? And, and side note, right? I don't think most of us knew that she had alopecia. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sorry that that, that is unfortunate and that's really sad. But I promise you, Chris Rock did not study that fact and if you guys have seen the cover of G.I. Jane, that's a that's a damn good joke, man. Come on now. Let's <laughs> let's Yo, call Chris Rock one of the best is. at the game, you know what I'm saying? This is what he does. He you is here. Slap. You gotta talk about that slap, yo. Hella follow through. You know what I'm Bro, saying? He 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 went back and then you see his left arm, he was ready to like swing if if Chris Rock came back. It was like oh, that. Yeah. It, was, it was like this. And was... Chris almost he had a thought, like the the hands came up for a split second yeah. from Chris. 
Chris is like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's like, wait a minute. Am I really hosting the Oscars and get the shit slapped out of me by Will Smith? Like, what really happened just now? <laughs> Yo, my two favorite parts are when Will starts walking towards the stage and Chris goes, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh. Yeah. And the, like, the oh. Second, one, second one was kind of slept on, but we know Chris, he gets hit, he goes, oh, wow, right? Will wakes his way back to the suite with seat, his seat with a little smirk on his face. And then Chris is like, I could, and he stops himself. And I know he had some August jokes ready, <laughs> like in the chamber, like, yo, should I let this go or not? And I just wish he let it fly. Yeah. I really did. Man, if he had let it fly, oh my God, Lord knows, that would have been a full out brawl. You know what I'm saying? And, and this is the thing, right? Will Smith. I felt bad for him during that whole situation, right? But I don't know, man. Like, not... I think the slap was just... I don't know, man. It was just a lot. It was like, if you really felt that way from the jump, I get you. I I hear you, but at the same time, it's the Oscars, but I hear you, right? But it's the fact that you were laughing at the joke. Yeah. Your girl looked at you sideways. We don't see his reaction in the beginning. All we see is this man walk up like the Hulk. You know what I mean? Chris Rock don't even know what's really about to go down. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, it's Will Smith. Like, he's probably going to dance as the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, he's definitely outside. And then he won an Oscar. Turned up that night. Partying into his own song. <laughs> he won an Oscar and is talking about, I just want to love everybody and love this and love that. <laughs> you just slapped the hell out of Chris Rock, bro. Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Facts. I honestly thought it was yeah. staged at first. I was like, ain't no way. I was going to ask that. Like, did y'all think it was staged? The first time I saw it, I did. Yeah. I was like, there's but no once way. It kept, yeah. Once it gets to the part where he's like screaming from yeah, the chair. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Keep my yeah, wife's yeah, yeah. name out your fucking mouth. <laughs> I was yeah. There like, was yeah. so much pain in his eyes when he was saying that, bro. That was He was hurting, man. <laughs> and you saw everyone in the background just sitting there like, this is real. Like this is actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Please tell me you guys no saw the picture. No, no, no. Please tell me you guys saw the picture of everybody's reactions where it has like all of them. The Rock is in there. Like, bro, it is the I, funniest yeah, I thing. This. I didn't no, see no, that. Yeah. I'm gonna definitely try and find if I could even get it to screen share before the end of this pod. I'm gonna definitely try and do that so we have it on <laughs> video. But nah, dude, this is the funniest thing ever. They got all the celebrities who were there, all the big name ones. But the one that stood out to me the most was The Rock. The Rock was just looking like. Like, what he didn't even know what he had just seen, man. Like, hey, people, it was crazy. People were saying, like, if it was a rock host thing, like, Will Smith would have just sat there with his tears and just started crying. Bro. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll on a different type of time. Yeah. We'll the rock standing up there. Ain't no way. He would, not even have, he would not even have got out his seat. He would have put Jada in her place so fast. He's like, <laughs> you cannot be. Do you see who's up? That's the rock. Like, that's not Chris Rock. That's the rock. The like, rock. stop playing with me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Crazy times. Crazy, Crazy times. man. I want to thank you again, Jordan, for coming on the podcast. Why don't you drop the Instagram? Of course, man. Where they can find you. Yeah, Instagram is jordan.chrysostom, C-H-R-Y-S-O-S-T-O-M. I'm probably going to change it because it's too long. Uh, but, yeah, it's right it's right <laughs> up top. Uh, yeah, just hit me up with the follow. You know, I post there and stuff, all, all the tennis posts and everything, you know, and just me. You know, it's Instagram, so just me. And, yeah, hit me up. For sure, for sure. I'll make sure to give you a follow. And you guys heard it here. You know what I'm saying? Big shouts out to my boy, Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Nationally ranked tennis player. Plays for Virginia Tech. Number nine 
is the squad's ranking. You know what I'm saying? Bro, thank you so much for coming on the pod. It's a pleasure to meet you, too. Nah, thank you for having me again. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Faraz. Appreciate it.